Hey, my little sheep. How are you? Like E-W-E-U, my little female sheep. Amaranth, right? How are you? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. But somebody's laughing with me. All right. And if you don't know why I'm calling you sheep and making terrible you jokes, uh, you might want to back up a few episodes because we are in an incredible series that the Lord has just been leading us through entitled, You Are in the Great Shepherd's Arms Close to His Heart. And because he is the shepherd, that makes each of us the sheep. And the great thing about being the sheep is that the shepherd takes care of us. We don't take care of him. You know, the sheep don't even decide what pasture to be in, right? The shepherd's the one that leads them there. The shepherd's the one that makes sure they have food. The shepherd's the one that makes sure they're protected. Amen. That's what our shepherd does for us. And so here we are again, uh, joining together in his presence, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that we can get good food, so that we can be encouraged, we can be lifted up, so that we can see our Jesus. Amen. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are here with each and every one of us. We pray that you open up the eyes of our heart and give us your spirit of wisdom so that we can have revelation to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the last few podcasts, or I don't even know how many anymore, this has just been great. And, uh, and I so appreciate all the feedback that y'all are enjoying this just as much as I am. And I, that really does encourage me. And, and I cannot tell you how much that um, I appreciate hearing that. And, um, and just knowing, right, that, that I'm hearing the Lord like I think I'm hearing the Lord. So in, we have been in Psalms 23, where he, uh, where he tells us, that uh, the, David wrote this psalm, but it starts, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, I went all old King James on you. <laughs> Sorry, I've been doing new King James for you. But sometimes I just love the old King James because it's so poetic. And you know, the psalms are poetry. They're worship music. They're meant to be have the, the poetic and the, and, the, and the worshipful feel to them. And so sometimes, especially with the psalms um, and with the Proverbs and some of the others, I love to get back into Old King Jimmy. You know what I mean? So, so today I'm reading this to you from Old King Jimmy. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. I bet you thought we were never going to read this whole psalm. Isn't it beautiful? I just felt like reading the whole thing tonight, but you know, we ain't going to, we ain't going to get all the way through. Oh, the Lord's got so much for us. And so far we've gotten through verse one. And half of verse two, <laughs> he's so good. So we're going to back up and I'm going to read verse two uh, to you again. And this time out of the Amplified. 
And it says, he makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. And we talked a lot about that in the past two podcasts. But here's where we're going to dig into today. It says, he leads me beside the still and restful waters. These waters, they also imply waters of quietness, waters of peace. So we know that the Lord is our shepherd because he's our shepherd. We're not going to want, we're not going to lack. He's going to guide us. He makes us to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures, which we know for a sheep, a green pasture means a whole lot of food, right? And they're lying there because they're at rest. And then he also leans us beside these restful waters. And listen to this. In, in the Hebrew, that word is manuka. I want you to say that with me. Say manuka. Let's say it again. Manuka. I think it makes me feel restful just saying that word. I love that word. You know, in Hebrew is the original language that the Lord spoke with man. You know, did you ever think about that? That there had to be a language that God spoke with man. And that would be Hebrew, of course, because uh, because we know that they were the first um, peoples that he created. And, and so I think even when you say that word, right? It's like Manuka. It's so beautiful. And it means rest and it means a place of rest. So he's telling us that with these waters, he leads us to a place of rest. And I want to tell you something that waters in the Bible represents, can, can represent two things, either the word of God or the Holy Spirit. And I believe here, because we've already been talking about the word of God, right? God feeds us in, in the word that here he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us that he leads us through the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us through peace and through rest. Because here's the thing, our supernaturally natural state now as a believer, okay, not as an unbeliever, not as someone in the world, but as a believer, we should, our normal state should be to be in a state of peace because that's what Jesus has given us. And Romans 5, 1, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace with God through how? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace peace. We're not trying to get peace. We're not trying to fight for it. We're not trying to earn it. We've got it. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because Jesus became our sacrifice because Jesus did a perfect work because of Jesus, perfect, pure blood. We are all completely and perfectly forgiven. And because of that, we have peace with God. And so now our normal state should be to be at peace. But notice the way it says this. It says we have peace. Like like it's a, it, the, the, the way it, it expresses it in the Greek, this have is like it's a, we have it. It's been given to us. Like at this, but at the same time, we need to actively hold on to it. Why? Because we do have an enemy that constantly wants to convince us that we don't have peace, right? He wants us to think that we're not forgiven, even though we are. He wants us to think that we're condemned, even though we never can be condemned again. You know, it says that very thing 
In Romans 8, 1, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is not now. There never will be again. Why? You're in Christ Jesus. How could there ever be condemnation for you to come? How could there ever be judgment for you to come when you are seated in Christ Jesus? Well, could there be a, a more restful place to be? Could there be a greater place of peace than to be sitting in Christ Jesus? You know, in Ephesians, over 20 times, it states that we are sitting in Christ Jesus. And where is Christ Jesus sitting? He is sitting at the right hand of his Father in heaven. Is there a greater place of peace? Oh, hallelujah. No, there's not. And we hold on to that when we remind ourselves, you know what? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am sitting in Christ Jesus at my father's right hand, which means when my father looks to Jesus, he sees me. When he looks at me, he sees Jesus because we also know that Jesus is in our hearts, right? So when God looks at Jesus, he sees me. And when he looks at me, he sees Jesus. So we're covered every which way around. No wonder we have peace with God. Amen. I want you to say that with me. I want you to say that when God looks at Jesus, he sees me. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And what a peace that gives us. And listen to this. It goes on to say, because here's where our, our certainty comes and that everything we have is based on the work of Jesus. It's based on what God did. You know, the worst state that we could have ever been in was before we received Christ as our savior, right? Because before that we were an enemy of God. Before that, the Bible says we were dead in our trespasses, right? We were in darkness. The devil could have called our number at any time. But now, I mean, listen to this. In Romans 5 verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You hear that, my friends? Each and every one of us was ungodly before Jesus died for us. Right? So what about now that he has died for us? So we were ungodly. That's why he had to come. But it goes on to say, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you hear that, my friend? God loved you when you were a sinner. God loved you when you were ungodly. God loved you when you were wicked. God loved you when you were rebellious, when you didn't know him and you didn't even care that you didn't know him. He loved you and he sent his son to die for you. Hallelujah. How much more will he now do for us now that we are in his son, now that we have been forgiven, now that we are children of God, now that we are in his flock and he is our shepherd. And it says that very thing. I get ahead of myself. Y'all know I get excited. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. We can never hear that enough, my friends. This entire beautiful Bible has been written to show us God's love toward us, to show us Jesus 
And what did Jesus do? Jesus is love personified because the Bible says in 1 John 4 that God is love. So what did love do? Love came down, took on human flesh, and then suffered and died for us. Love literally died at the cross to save our souls. Hallelujah. Amen. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to this now. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Listen to that. Now you've been justified by his blood. You shall be saved from wrath through him. Can I tell you something? I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. You know, the, the years of tribulation that the Bible speaks of in Revelation, do you know what they're called? They're called the wrath of God. My friend, we ain't going to be here for them because the Bible just said that now we've been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from his wrath. Of course, because for you and I, the wrath of God that we rightly deserve to receive already fell on his son, Jesus Christ at the cross. If he now also unleashed that same wrath on us after he put it on his son, that would be saying that his son didn't do a perfect job. That would be an injustice to what his son did. But our God is a just God. Our God is a holy God. Our God is a perfect God. And he would never do that. Amen. We have been, we have been justified by his blood. We are not looking forward to the time of tribulation. We are not looking forward to death. We are looking forward to seeing Jesus Christ come again. My friends, the Bible speaks of a time where Jesus, the trumpet will sound and all of those who are in Christ, those who are asleep in Christ first, and then those who are alive and remain will be caught up in the heavens together to meet him. Amen. And then there will be his second coming where we're going to come back with him. Revelations talks about Jesus when he comes back to establish his kingdom coming with a great cloud of witnesses. Who do you think those witnesses are? They're me and you, my friends. So we are looking forward to our Jesus rapturing us, to him catching us up to him, to us being here and then suddenly being face to face with love himself. Hallelujah. Woo! Jesus, you're so good. He's so good. And it goes on to say, okay, so so just uh just a little gem there for you. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, listen to that. While you were his enemy, my friend, while I was his enemy, there's a time when we were God's enemy. Maybe you have not received Jesus Christ as your savior and you're listening to this. You are his enemy. But guess what? He says he loves you. He says while you're his enemy, he has sent his son to die for you so that you can be reconciled to him, so that you can be saved, so that you can be saved from the wrath that is to come because he loves you. Verse 10 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, much more more. What I always tell y'all with God, it's always about the much more. Amen. 
We cannot think enough of our God. We cannot have great enough, high enough thoughts about our Father. We cannot think enough of His love and His grace and His mercy and His generosity. There is always much more. He says much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. By His life. We are saved by His life. Not by my life, not by your life, not by what we do and don't do, think and don't think, say and don't say, give and don't give, by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. My friend, what? What is the position God expects us to be in? What is the position he has provided for us to be in? A position of peace and joy. What do you think it means that we rejoice? We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has paved the way. That's what that means. And where he's made the way, the way can't be undone. What he has done can't be undone. So we rejoice. We have peace. And you know what? After, and if we back up in Romans 5, 1, after it tells us that we have peace with God, it also tells us that through, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice again in the hope of the glory of God. So we have peace. We have favor. We rejoice. Amen. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. What, he's, what he has offered for us, what he has paid for us, what he became for us, our sacrifice, our representative, our high priest. He is our good, good shepherd. And our heavenly father is a good and good loving father. Amen. And my, my friends, the Bible says that as we look more into the glory of Christ, that is how we are transformed into his image. That's what you're doing right now. You're looking into his glory. You're seeing who he really is. And listen, whatever we look at, whatever we watch, whatever we put our eyes on, that is what we will become. So right now you're putting your eyes on Christ. You're being transformed into his glory. And what a gift that is, that we should get to be transformed into the image of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. So not only that, but if that's not enough to assure you, right, and everything that the Lord has done for us so that we have these peaceful waters that he has given to us. You know, he told us, as I already mentioned in Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. How can there be after what we just talked about, right? That when we were ungodly, when we were sinners, Christ died for us and has now reconciled us to God. So there, there is no, no room left for condemnation. And, and so because of that, we can be at peace, right? When the enemy comes, the thing to do is to not, to not look at ourselves. We don't want to look at ourselves and see how good we are. We look at our lamb. How good is our lamb? How good is our sacrifice? How good is our savior? Amen. That's what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is saying, yeah, I know I'm not perfect, but my savior is. Amen. I'm not perfect, but my savior is. And guess what? In him, I am perfect. How about that? 
Hallelujah. Yes. And and it goes on to say in Romans 8, 37, listen to this, that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. Again, how? Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Let me tell you something, friends. Nor things present, nor things to come. Nor politics nor stock markets, nor the housing market, nor the uh, uh, war or pestilence or plagues. I mean, my friends, this covers everything. There is nothing this doesn't cover. Death or life or angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. That even means you and me shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friends, nothing can separate us from the love of our God. This is a finished work, and therefore we have peace. Amen. We have peace with God because of what God himself has done for us. And so and so we see that we have the peace, right? Now, how does the Lord, how does he lead us with these peaceful waters, with these restful waters. Well, I want to share with you from John 14, verse 25. Now, this is where, this is the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed. And in John's gospel, he devotes a, a large portion of his gospel to sharing everything that Jesus shared that night. Now, that night he's in the upper room and he's only with his, his 12 disciples. And of course, uh, Judas leaves. He leaves early to go and betray Jesus. But because of this, we know that these truths that Jesus are sh is sharing, these are church truths, right? These weren't truths that he shared with everyone. He only shared them with his closest disciples. So, And these are the last things that he shared before he's crucified. And listen what, listen what he says. In verse 25, he says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Say, the Holy Spirit will teach me all things. And say, and he will remind me of all things. Amen. You know, my friends, all means all. Jesus didn't say that the Holy Spirit will only teach us spiritual things. He said the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He said he'll bring to your remembrance all the things that he has said to you. You know, have you ever been, you know, like just going along and all of a sudden uh, uh, a verse pops up? right in your mind and it's something you really needed right then or a, a bit of a worship song pops up in your pops up in your mind or or you just you remember something that that you had read in a devotional or something like that that's the lord bringing to your remembrance the holy spirit bringing to our remembrance what we need to know right when we need to know it and you know the more we recognize that give him thanks for it and rely on it the more he's able to do that Right, Because either we're in control or we let him be in control, but we can't both be in control because the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, is a gentleman and he will not force his way. 
Now, here's here's a great, this is how I learned that, was when my mind was completely out of control. So I didn't really have a whole lot of choice. Okay, I did, but I didn't at the same time. And the Lord actually used this verse to teach me how to function again in day-to-day life. I can't tell you how many times he brought me back to the scripture. It was very interesting. This is during that time where every day I woke up with absolutely no memory of anything. I didn't didn't know where I was, didn't know who, who the people were around me, didn't know anything. But how did I know to go get my Bible and to read it? I'll tell you how, because the Holy Spirit, because Jesus, my great shepherd, your great shepherd, was leading me. And again and again, I would come to this verse. And how could I remember that? And how did I even know that I came to it again and again? I'll tell you, because I started at one point getting very frustrated because I knew that I was spending time in my Bible, but I could never remember it. So I thought that meant it wasn't doing any good. But here's here's the thing, my friends, the word of God itself, we've talked about this. The word of God itself has its own power. We don't have to take it and and, and apply it and make it powerful. It has its own power. The word of God is Jesus himself. When we come to his word, we're coming to Jesus's presence. And just as we saw, when we come to his presence, when we look to him, we are transformed. How? By him, not by me, by him. So even though I couldn't remember it, he was still transforming me. His word was still coming into me. And I, and I know that because eventually somehow he got it into my head to start writing the dates and writing notes in my, in my Bible. And I would see again and again, I'd go to open up my Bible to the scripture thinking it was the first time I'd ever gone there. And there's a list of dates of all the other times that he had brought me there. Amen. Isn't he beautiful? But can I tell you, he taught me how to cook again. He taught me, it's going to sound crazy, how to dress myself again. I mean, he has taught me everything. And it's really funny because after he got this verse in me and I would say, Jesus, I'd be trying to cook and, and I would say, Jesus, help me cook. And it was really interesting because after I started doing that, my husband told me that, you know, sometimes I would make meals and they were good. He's like, but then other times he's like, you make the same thing, but it just has this, he's like, I don't know, like this special pizzazz or something to it. Oh my goodness, my friends. The time I would ask Jesus to help me, it's like there's a, his secret spice got put in there and made it taste even better. I mean, Jesus wants to be a part, a part of our daily lives. What did he say? What did he tell us? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, not our righteousness, seek his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And what had he just been talking about? He'd been talking about food and clothing. Oh my goodness, my friends. I started asking the Lord to help me pick out my clothes because it was very difficult because I couldn't remember what I owned. I couldn't remember where my socks were or my shirts or my pants. So I started asking him to help me pick out my outfits. And then I started asking him to help me cook. The two things that he uses as an example and says, hey, you don't have to worry about these things. Your father in heaven knows you need them. He wants to give them to you. But come to me first. Be filled up by me first so that he can give them to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So he will teach you all things. My friends, we don't need to go to the world to get advice. We have the spirit of God himself. 
My, my friends, he has taught me how to handle money from a very young age, right? He, he has taught me what is best to do for my body, what is best for me to, you know, each and every one of us are so unique and so different. What, you know, my husband and I, we can't eat the same. There's things that, that he can eat that upset me and things that I can eat that, that upset him. And we, I need to eat a lot more times of the day than he does. You know, let the Lord be a part of that too. Amen. And it actually, because here's the, you know what trust is? Trust. We say we want to trust the Lord, but trusting him is really depending on him, right? It's dependence. Let's let ourselves be dependent on the Lord. That's trusting him. It is, it is one of the, the greatest acts of worship you could give is to just depend on the Lord. Trust in him. Believe that he has your best interests at heart. Believe that he wants to lead you to a good and safe place where he wants to give you restful waters and, and a pasture full of, of green, sprightly grass where he wants to fill you up and protect you even from your enemies. We haven't even got to that yet. Amen. Well, I tell you what, he just got me so excited. I'm losing my place. Y'all know it. You know how it goes. All right, my little sheep. You know what? We're going to have to stop right here and pick this back up next time. You know, that's how we roll. Amen. We're just going to eat every little patch of grass in this pasture that we can. And I cannot wait to get back with you again. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord guide you and protect you as you go throughout this week. You know, may you just rest in knowing that he is leading you. He is, he is calling you. He is beside you and you are so dear and precious to him. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Until next time. Keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.